the adventures of a librarian turned sniper, Liberty Schoenhauer, who finds that aliens started the zombie apocalypse. These things happen. She is aided by the great Uncle Danny Toughest Nails, and together they try and save as many people in the book Liberty's Run. Book one is out now at Amazon and Mythmart, and book two is coming soon in August. And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Carry on my way, Watson. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry. Don't you cry. Hey everybody, and welcome to Lupa's Bits. I am your host, <gasps> Lupa. I really should remember to take a breath before I start. <laughs> I run out of air and I'm only like 10 seconds in. Um, I'm your host, Lupa, as always. And this is episode 93. Yes, we are almost at 100 of these little things. So, yeah, I am still at my sister's. And I just realized I forgot to close the curtains. Hmm. Well... The pine trees and the back neighbors got to see me put my pajamas. <laughs> oh, well. Anyway, I'm going to have to remember to close those because that shines right on the bed. And I really don't want to be up at the, you know, crack of stupid. <sighs> it's bad enough my brother-in-law is up at the crack of stupid. I don't want to be up that early. I think that's why the dog sleeps with me. So she doesn't have to be up that early either. But yeah, I'm still at my sister's. I will be here for another 11 days. And then I will be heading to California. I have my whole trip, like, mapped, okay? So my first, I'm going to start out at probably, like, 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning so that I'm rolling into Springfield, Illinois, at about 4 or 5 in the afternoon. I'm going to find me a nice little hotel, possibly a bed and breakfast, because my brother-in-law actually said B&Bs are cheaper to stay in than an actual hotel, you know, no-tell motel. So I'm going to see, find a little place to stay in the area that's inexpensive, get something to eat and kind of explore before, you know, unwind after the drive. And, and, and it's, it's about a 10 hour drive to Springfield, Illinois. Now, funny story. So all the years that I was watching The Simpsons, nobody actually knew where Springfield was. There were three possibilities for Springfield. There was Spring, Illinois. Iowa and Oregon. And nobody actually knew where the, the real Springfield was in The Simpsons. And they would drop little hints, but the little hints would kind of play to any one of the three. Um, and then I think it was like, what, 10 years ago, maybe? Um, Matt Groening, or however you pronounce his last name, I've always said Groening. I don't know. He um, actually did confirm that it is Springfield, Oregon, where um, the, the Simpsons are from, and there's some huge statue and all of this. So I was saying I was going to stay in Springfield because, you know, the Simpsons, and 
<laughs> my live studio audience decided to say, oh, no, maybe you should just drive on through there. And I'm like, well, why? And he says, well, you know, that's kind of where Freddy Krueger got his start as the Springfield Slasher. I'm like, oh, awesome. Great. So my very first stop on my road trip to California is going to be where the Springfield Slasher got started. Yay, me. Uh, I think it's kind of ironic. I really do. Because if you know me at all, I have like an incredible, unconscionable, irrational, there's no way you're ever going to change it fear of Freddy Krueger. Okay. I don't like him. I can't believe I'm talking about him in a room with like two huge, bigger than life-sized mirrors, you know, with doors and it's just, yeah. Anyway, I don't like them. You can't escape them. Any other movie monster you can get away from, you can figure out a way to avoid it or get away from it or hide from it or kill it. Something that you dream up in your own subconscious, you can't. And that's what Freddy is. That's where he starts. That's where he creeps in. And I know my subconscious. It's pretty messed up in there. Actually, I'm pretty sure I'm probably safe from Freddy, just for the simple fact that it is pretty messed up in my own subconscious. He would come out screaming. <laughs> mercy, mercy. Anyway, so yeah, I'm going to start. I'm going to stop in Springfield, Illinois. And then we're going to go from Springfield, Illinois to... Nope, 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 nope. Wichita, Kansas. Because, you know, Twister, that is my jam movie. That's that's my go-to, one of my go-to movies. I actually I almost watched it the other night. And then I found Divine Secrets of the Yaya Sisterhood. So, of course, you know, Yaya's. Gotta be the Yaya's. Um, and then we're going to go over to Winslow, Arizona. Because the Eagles, hello. And unfortunately, I'm not going to come into um, California the direction that I was thinking I might, because where do I know where anything is anywhere in the United States? I don't know. I'm not going to go anywhere near Reseda Boulevard, but it was a nice thought. I am, however, totally going to do the whole free fallen song. Once I hit California and I'm in that like desert Arizona kind of, you know, in that area, there's going to be a video and it's going to be Tom Petty on, and it's going to be free falling. And I am going to pull out my full on Jerry Maguire. Sun visor, screaming my head off, windows down, hair flying, Jerry Maguire, free falling. And it's going to sound just as bad as Tom Cruise did. So I'm going to tick off a few things on my movie bucket list on my trip out there. And I'm really, I'm nervous and I'm excited. Um, I'm going to start this week. I'm going to start gathering uh, road snacks because you, you got to have road snacks. <laughs> it's, it's a thing. If I can find runts, I will be the happiest person in the world. Funny story. So back in my festing days, eons ago, um, we would go all over Ontario to go to a festival. We would drive like six, eight hours. It was no big deal to go to a four-day festival. And I would drive two hours to the city from my house, pick up my girlfriend, Dana. We would load up the van and she would get the um, arrival snacks prepared. 
it's kind of how she would get me to set up camp. And we would hit a dollar store or um, one of those old-fashioned penny candy stores, and we would get, or we would go to the bulk barn. I don't know if you have bulk barns in the States. There, It's where everything is sold in bulk. Like you go in and you scoop your brown sugar into a bag and you put a little tag on it and you write the little code down and off you go. It's usually amazingly like flour and um, wheat and chippets and, and stuff like that. Well, you could go in and they would have this huge bin of runts. Now, did you guys have runts in the States? They were these candies and they were like banana shaped and apple shaped and grapes and watermelons. And they were hard shell candy on the outside and then like this powdery, almost like a sweet tart or a, we call them rockets. Y'all call them Smarties on the inside. And they tasted like they were fruit flavored. And they were called runts. Look them up. They were really, really good. So we would get like a big bag of runts. And it was like the sugar rush. <laughs> so that would kind of keep us going. And you had to have the travel runts. So I'm hoping I can find at the local dollar store here or the bulk barn in St. Catharines. I'm hoping I can find travel runts. I will be very happy if I can find travel runts. And sour keys got to have sour keys because when you start to get tired and you're starting to get sleepy you grab a sour key you pop that in your mouth and you suck all the sour sugar off the outside it boom wakes you right up because your face puckers if your face pretty much caves in from the sour and then it takes you like three hours just to chew the gummy part of it because it's just chewy but anyway, i love them so yeah road snacks gotta have road snacks but i also figure um, like I had to figure what I, I got to figure out what I'm allowed to bring across the border first. I mean, I know I can't bring fruit. I know I can't bring meat, but I think I can probably bring um, like cheese and crackers and um, a coffee creamer. I can bring that. Um, I can probably bring like little tins of tuna um, like the little snack pack things, um, because I figure if I pack my own food, like if I, I grocery shop and I fill the cooler, I'll save money. I won't have to eat in restaurants and I won't have to keep stopping to eat. You know, like I can pull into a rest stop, I can pee, I can take out what I want out of the cooler and I can nosh on it while I'm driving. Save time, right? So, and then once, like, what I can't bring over, like, I can't bring fresh fruit. I know that. So once I cross over the border, I can stop at a Super Walmart. I can get my meat sticks. I can get some apples. I can get some clementines. I can get some, you know, juices to drink, bottled water, stuff like that. Take it with me. And wherever I stop, there'll be an ice machine so I can get some ice, throw it in the cooler, keep stuff cold. I'm thinking I'm smart that way. I want to make this as inexpensive a road trip as I possibly can. So, yeah, 11 days. It is now June. Well, it's, I'm podcasting on June 2nd. You're going to hear it on June 4th. So I want to say from the Jason Mon Dark Myth Company, happy Pride Month. Yay. We, uh, we are allies. And uh, there will be a, do a little bit of housekeeping. There's going to be a special issue of um, the World of Myth magazine coming out this month to celebrate Pride Month. So if you have an LGBTQ plus 
story or artwork or you want to share a personal experience, uh, you want to do a drabble, a poem, whatever, send it to us. Same address as you would the World of Myth magazine. Um, and we will put that in our special issue. So we're doing a special issue for Pride Month this month. Because why? Love always wins. Okay, I think that is pretty much it for housekeeping. When I asked my live studio audience for housekeeping, he kind of went, Durr. <laughs> Where do you think we got the name for the magazine? <laughs> he knows I'm picking on him now. He's had a rough day. So I'm trying to cheer him up. <sighs> Speaking of cheering up, I, uh, I've had a, okay, so I created an email address a while ago called lupusbits at gmail.com and put a call out and said, you know, if you have anything you want to ask me, just shoot me an email, whatever, create a fake account, shoot an email. I don't care if you want to remain anonymous, whatever. I don't care. So threw that out there, created the email address and then <laughs> promptly forgot about it, which is kind of what I do. But I don't put it in my book. I don't put it in my planner or put it in my phone with a reminder. I forget. Um, so if you've had birthdays that have come and gone and I haven't said anything to you, I apologize. You, you have no idea the amount of things in my head. The amount of information, useless information, but information nonetheless that I have in my head. And I remember the, the, the most ridiculous, unimportant, random things, and I forget the important ones unless I write them down. I was married for 20 years. Do you think I could remember when my anniversary was? No. We had the wedding certificate right on the fridge. Still forgot it every year. Every stinking year. Three days later, I'd be like, didn't we get married this month? I think. Yeah, pretty sure we did. So, yeah, I forget the important stuff. But I can tell you what my phone number was at my cottage when I was a child. 30 years ago. 705-656-4770. Yep. And we were on a party line back then. So we had to listen. And we were two shorts and a long. Pretty sure. Yeah, two shorts and a long. Um, but, yeah, so if you've had a birthday and I haven't said anything, I'm sorry. Happy birthday. Like I said, if I don't write it down, I will not remember it. I have a ton of things I am supposed to remember on a daily basis. And I can't remember half of them. I have them in my book. I have them in my, I have two phones. I have reminders in one phone for some things and reminders in my other phone for other things. Because I have both phones on the go at any point in time during the day. So anyway, I created this email address, threw it out there, put it up on TikTok and forgot about it for like, what, four months? <laughs> I just recently got back, it, well, remembered it. And then it took me a while. And I finally got back into it, like, the other day. And there was a, there was a few questions in there from listeners. Um, Y'all are weird. You guys want to know some weird stuff. 
like really and I'm, I'm just gonna throw this out here now um i think wait, let me just check what was his name what's his name Muhammad Al-Hahir Kahim, something like that. Yeah, no, I prefer full-sized underwear. I don't like the dental floss. I'm sorry, but I floss my teeth, not my butt. There you go. Told you, weird questions. Wanted to know if I wore granny panties or butt floss. I don't wear butt floss. Not even back in the day. When, like, I had the booty to wear butt floss, did I wear butt floss? Because it was like, no, <laughs> no. I, I constantly felt like I needed to pick something out of my butt. You know, I like the high arch, you know, they're, they're cotton. They're, they're not full granny panty yet, but they're comfortable, you know. But I'm not pulling them out of my butt when I put a pair of jeans on. And I, I hate that. You put, you put it, got your, your get on, you put your pants on and if they're loose, they kind of like ride around and you end up with like the, the leg hole kind of, you know, scooping one cheek and, and you're kind of like, if you watch a woman, you'll know, you'll know, women know, and we will see you and we know, like, oh, she's trying to wiggle a wedgie and that's wiggle a wedgie. It's a thing. And you'll see them, and then, like, all of a sudden, they'll be walking, and their sachet will be very pronounced, especially on the one side, because they're trying to, like, wiggle that seam to unhook itself from the butt cheek and, like, work itself back around the leg where it's supposed to be without actually having to reach in behind and pull it out. Or you'll see one. You'll see. Watch in the Walmart, because we're really good in the Walmarts. We'll look for an empty aisle, and we'll, like, we'll look around. We'll like deke down an empty aisle and just kind of like, you know, casually reach behind and just pull it out and carry on. But you can't do it in an aisle when there's people because they know, unless it's another woman. And then we'll just kind of go, totally understand, cheek up, carry on. You do you. Got you covered. But yeah, no, I can't, I can't stand feeling like there's something riding up my butt. Enough people riding my ass. I don't need my underwear to do it. So yeah, no, I don't worry about floss. I never got into, like, the thongs or the, the little lacy. No, I want my butt cheeks covered, man. They get cold. Keep them covered. Keep them covered. Gotta leave something to the imagination anyway. All right. Okay. So, I created this email address. And then last night, I did a TikTok. And I threw it out there. And um, y'all responded, like, in spades. And I think... Let me see. I think the TikToks only had... Um, like 200 views or something like that. My coffee one has had the most views. I've, I've never had any video go over three or 400 views, maybe 500 views. This one's got like almost 1300 views. On it. All because my cup was just as surprised as I was that I remembered to put on baths. It was one of those days. Um, yeah, it's got like 166 views. So, cool. But, you know, the coffee one, has, yeah, I know, I'm all over the place. It's going to be an ADD episode, so just go with it. The coffee one, it's not there. Like, all my, all my TikToks are gone. Yeah, yeah. My coffee one has 1,229 views 
and 72 likes. I'm kind of impressed. I'm, I'm, my coffee, come I, my McDonald's ethically sourced McCafe coffee is going viral. <laughs> I sent him, I sent my live studio audience a picture of it, of the numbers the other day. It was kind of funny. Like, holy crap. I'm not bald headed Mike viral, but you know, I'm working on it. I, I gotta work with what I got. So, yeah, y'all asked. This is the episode. I'm going to answer as best, like I said in the TikTok, to the best of my ability, I'm going to answer your questions. And I know a couple of them have come from the little bridge troll because she is not bright enough to create an alias. No, 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 no. She will create a different account, but she'll use the same name. I have four emails from this woman. One is from McBee. Yep. M-I-C-K-B. Another one is from Mickey L. Then there's one from McLar. And I think the last one was Mickey Bell. Mickey Bell. B-E-L. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. So, Mickey, honey, <laughs> you little bridge troll, you wanted to know how it feels to, what was it? Okay, I'm going to find it now. Ah, how many times have you stabbed a friend in the back? Um... Well, you didn't specify if it was for their own good or just for the fun of it. So, because I'm not real fond of um, treachery and deception and um, all-out general douchebaggery like you are, I'm going to go with how many times have I stabbed a friend in the back for their own good? And it's not really stabbing them in the back as it is calling them on their crap and making them account, holding them accountable for their actions for their own good. Now, I'm not saying that I am an expert on what is good and not good for other people. But um, I have, on a few occasions, divulged what may have been presented to me as a confidence um, to somebody else because this person needed help. This person needed an intervention of sorts. They needed the person that I spoke to to step in and go, Hey, dumbass, you need to smarten up. And I have done that a grand total of four times in my entire life. Four. And yes, you were one of them. My live studio audience is looking at me. And I didn't necessarily divulge any um, secret information more as I may or may not have mentioned a certain mental status that was in peril 
and I needed help in bringing it back from the brink, so to speak. So, when I am no longer enough, I call in recruits. I bring in the big guns. So, four times. Okay, so, let's see. Um, this one was from Anonymous, but I'm pretty sure I know who this one was from. What has been your best slash worst date? This was kind of fun. Okay, so, my it was kind of, um, I can't say it was my best date, but it started out as my worst date, but kind of moved into it wasn't so bad after all. Um, I was single mom, living on my own, and I had decided to get back into the dating scene. And every Friday night, me and my girlfriends would call this local radio station in Aurelia, and we would request songs because we'd be sitting around, we'd be playing euchre, we'd be drinking tea, we'd be talking, and the kids would be playing. It was kind of like our Friday night out. Um, and we would call the local radio station, and it was usually after like 11, because that's when you could get through, and they would play pretty much whatever you wanted. Uh, and we would talk to this guy, and we would request songs. Well, you know, really, really, really good radio voice like just make your knees wobble radio voice okay you could just put them in your ears and just listen to them so him and I got chatting and we started chatting throughout the week instead of just on Friday nights now we chat he would call me after you know, the kids had gone to bed and he would call and we would talk for like two or three hours on the phone. And we decided after probably about two months of this that we were going to meet. We we're going to go on a date. We had a lot in common and we really got along really well. Now, he had told me that like he was a big Coke fan. He loved Coca-Cola. And he says, like, you know, I drink a case of Coke a day. So I'm thinking... Okay, so, you know, uh, okay, I could handle that, sure. You know, he likes his caffeine, whatever. Yeah, told me he had a little bit of a skin problem, just a little one, you know, fairly mild skin problem. I'm like, okay, sure, whatever, you know, dermatitis, okay, no big deal. Um, and we were going to double date because we didn't want it to be awkward. He was going to bring a friend and I was going to bring a friend and we were going to go to, um, they were having the Midland Fall Fair. So we thought, perfect, we'll go to the Fall Fair. There's rides, it's out in public, you know, I'll make them win me a stuffed animal, it'll be like a movie thing or something. So he pulls into the driveway and he told me what he was going to be wearing. And I was brave, I gave him my address. So he knew where I lived now too. Um, had my phone number, knew where I lived, knew my name, didn't know what I looked like. So he pulls in to the driveway and he gets out and he's wearing the white dress shirt that he said he was going to wear. He's wearing the jeans that he said he was going to wear. Well, I mean, okay, granted we were in our 
early to mid-20s. So, you know, puberty hadn't been that long ago, at least not for him. I think he was a late bloomer. Um, would have made a really good candidate for uh, Clearasil or that, that medicated. I don't know how to put this nicely. He looked like he had walked smack dab into a hornet's nest. Like, head first. Kind of, you know. And it wasn't, it, they were in various stages of eruption. It was hard not to stare once you got past the glasses. I didn't know they made glasses that thick. I really didn't. I... They were like a good two inches. They had to be two inches thick. And they kept sliding down his nose because they were heavy and glass. So, <laughs> yes, he certainly did. Our live studio audience, just, he really did have a face for radio. Yep. And I mean, I will admit, I am no screaming Jesus myself, okay? But dang, he was just... It was a pity date. I felt sorry for him. I really did. And that makes me a bad person. I felt so bad because I, like, Debbie and I were both like, can, can we switch? Because his friend was hot. His friend was hot. I can't even remember his name. I think it was like Dan or Doug or Dwight. I don't know. I don't remember. But he was hot. And I'm like, oh, we're totally switching. And she's like, no, we're not. But, but, but she's like, no. <laughs> You dragged me along to this? I'm getting the pretty one. Crap. So I'm thinking, great. You know, let's let's just go. Let's get this over with. I'll ride a couple of rides. And then I will, like, I don't know, I'll do the my kid's sick excuse or I don't feel well. I have a headache. I don't know, female problems, whatever. I will pull some excuse out of the bag. Debbie and I already kind of had something planned. And we would bail. We would politely excuse ourselves. And we would bail. So we get to the door and I let them in. And as if the visual wasn't bad enough, but I'm pretty sure that the shirt had hung in the back of his closet for about three years. You know, when you don't wear a shirt for a long time and it sits in a drawer and it kind of gets that stale musty, you wore it a couple of times and then folded it up and put it away, smell to it. It's kind of how he smelled. He smelled like a basement. <laughs> Which, you know, isn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, he did actually smell a little better than his hot friend. His hot friend smelled like he dumped a whole bottle of um, polo on himself. And I like polo. I do. But when the guy that I was dating was wearing polo, he would put the tiniest little dab on his finger and just like think in the center of his chest. And that was it. That was all. And his buddy smelled like he bathed in it. Or at least it was pumping through his veins because it was emanating out of his pores. So, yeah. And Debbie had severe allergies and pop bottle lenses. And she was about four inches shorter than me. And 
you know, like, so the hot friend, his hot friend got my duff, designated ugly fat friend. That's who she was. <laughs> and she, she admitted it. Um, because and she, she would always volunteer to be like your wingman because she was happily married and that's kind of why she let herself go. She knew it, but she would be our wingman. She would double date with us um, to make sure that we were safe. Her husband didn't care. And to make us look good. That's kind of what she did. It was a weird dynamic. Don't judge. It was the 90s. Just don't judge. Don't judge. Don't judge. You do so judge. He does. When he tells you he doesn't judge, trust me, he's judging. Anyway, so we load into the car and uh, me and hot guy are in the back seat, and I'm trying not to choke on the polo. And Debbie and I can't even remember his name. I feel radio guy. We'll just call him radio guy. We're in the front seat. And off we go. To the fall fair. And we get there. And I mean, he's a really sweet guy. He's really nice. And he's kind of trying to, you know, carry a conversation. And I am, I will admit I was being incredibly rude just to, to start out. And that's not how my mama raised me. So I stopped. I decided, okay, you know what? I'm going to make the best of a bad situation. I'm going to have a good time. We have had some great phone conversations. We get along really well. There's not obviously going to be a romantic connection because there's just not. And I decided I was going to be very honest and open and upfront with him at the very beginning. So we get there and we go up to the ticket booth and I'm like, look, I'll pay for my own ride tickets. I'll pay for my own snacks. Why don't we just hang out as friends? Um, I don't really kind of see you as being anything more than just a friend. So I'm terribly sorry to have wasted your time. Why don't we just hang out and have a good time? Well, I tell you, this boy breathed the biggest sigh of relief that he I have ever seen in my life. He didn't see me that way either. What was funny was he was still in the closet and he had the hugest crush on his hot butt, like on his hot friend. But he didn't know how to tell him. So he figured he would just continue to double date so that he could hang out with his hot friend in a dating situation. Like, okay, well... That works for me. We had a blast at the fair. And he was just as competitive as I was. So, you know those games where you have, like, the water gun and you got to, like, shoot into the center of the thing and make the thing go up to win the prize? We spent, like, 30 bucks a piece trying to beat each other at that stupid game. I got to take all the stuffed animals home, though. So, I still technically won. But, yeah, so that is kind of my worst semi-best date all in one. It started out really, really bad. Um, I thought it was going to be really awkward and really uncomfortable and, you know, like, don't try and kiss me. I'm just, I'm not there. Mm -mm. Um, and it ended up being, like, just a really fun date with a friend. So, yeah. And on the subject of dating, somebody sent, um, what is it, Mark, 
Martina, Martin or Martin. I am. I, okay, if you're a guy, I'm sorry, but I'm going to call you Martina. Martina467 at gmail.com. And you didn't, okay, if I say your email address, you didn't tell me that I couldn't in the email, to be fair. Okay, to be fair. Would I date a fan? <laughs> well, seeing as I have like four um, and I'm dating one of them, yes, I would. <laughs> I already am. So um, I would, would I date another fan? No. Because I only have four. Um, and two of them I think I'm biologically related to. So, ew. But yeah, I'm already dating a fan. <laughs> um, this one was a really weird one. And I. Okay. So the question is what would you change your name to? Now, I'm not exactly sure what they mean by change my name to, like, what, um, other than what it already is. Um, my nickname is Lupa. My given name is Stephanie. Um, I have a few other names that um, I'm called. My family calls me. Oh, I'm, I'm going to regret this. I know I'm going to regret this. Uh. <laughs> okay, so my family calls me Snuffy. Yes, after Snuffleupagus. And the fact that I was always stuffed up as a child. But I don't know what you would... What, I wouldn't change my name to anything other than what it already is. I kind of have grown to like my name. So, no, I don't think I would change my name. I, I, I think I would shorten my name. Like, if you've noticed, it's gone from, um, you know, your host, Lupa Barty, to just Lupa. I'm just Lupa. That's just me. But, no, I wouldn't change my name to anything, you know, the artist formerly known as. No. Um... Who is your inspiration? Now, yeah, I kind of like compiled the, the similar questions into a list. My inspiration for writing, um, because you didn't say in what. Um, so my, my, my writing inspiration would have to, and I guess this goes back I actually got thinking about this the other day because I've always said, oh, you know, Laurel K. Hamilton. I love Laurel K. Hamilton. Laurel K. Hamilton is like my jam and, you know, she inspires me to write and blah, blah, blah. But she didn't. She, she, I mean, she does, but she's not who my first um, inspiration to want to write, to want to live that kind of um thumping away at a typewriter kind of life. That would be Lucy Maud Montgomery. And if you don't know who L.M. Montgomery is, you need to Google it. She is a national treasure. Lucy Maud Montgomery wrote this absolutely, I'm going to Google her for you,
even remember how to spell her last name. She wrote a book that I fell in love with when I was a child. And then they turned it into a TV miniseries, which I already had the biggest crush on Gilbert Blythe to begin with. And then they put him on TV and everything I had in my head came to life and it talked and it walked and it looked really, really pretty on TV. And yeah, well, you know, I loved it. Anyway, she wrote Anne of Green Gables and it's kind of, it's, it's the real life story of Lucy Maud Montgomery. She is Anne Shirley and she grew up in Prince Edward Island and it's her life on the island. So Gilbert Blythe is a real person. Anne Shirley is a real person. It's it's her whole life in Green Gables. And that was Green Gables was the name of the cottage that she lived in with her um spinster aunt and her brother, her uncle. So yeah, it was it it was an incredible story. Fell in love with it. I fell into it, and I very much wanted to be Anne Shirley. She was an aspiring writer, and she had these huge dreams. Like she, um, in one episode, like one time, she made her friends all stand on the shores of this little river and pretend they were mourning her funeral. And she she laid herself out in a little wooden boat, and she recited the Lady of Shalott as she drifted down the river in this boat, lying there covered in flowers and, you know, looking like it's her funeral, her, her funeral dirge. And it was just, it was so cool. And I'm like, yes, 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 I want to do that. That's actually, it was um, Anne of Green Gables that led me to the Lady of Shalott, that, that piece of poetry. So, yeah, I... Um, she she inspired my love of grand storytelling. She inspired my love of putting yourself into the character of your story. Because Anne Shirley is Lucy Maud Montgomery. It's her life told in a very fantastical, very incredibly well-woven tale that still stands the test of time. There are still little girls that are braiding their little red, their hair into little red braids and wearing the big straw hats and, and reading Aunt of Green Gables while sitting under a tree daydreaming about whatever they want to be. Um, yeah. And now there's a series on Netflix called Anne with an E and I haven't um, really read it or really watched that and watched it yet um I'm kind of mm, I don't know I don't know uh she also did a lot for Canada as well she was the first Canadian woman to be made a member of the British Royal Society of the Arts and she was declared a person of national historic significance in Canada and she published 22 works of fiction 22 including Anne of Green Gables so she is, was, and always will be my first inspiration when it comes to writing. She inspired my love of poetry. 
She inspired my desire to want to be a writer, to create that kind of fantasy. And if you look at a lot of the things that I write, um, Eternally Bound is kind of set in that Anne of Green Gables era, in that that time. The same with um, Magically is kind of set just before that time. So that era where Anne um, lived, I think it was like, um, let me see. Yeah, she was born in 1874. So that's kind of where eternally bound is set is in those early years so yeah very much a, a large influence on me so mm -hmm. and and <laughs> here in Ontario if you go there is right near where I am right now is Lucy Maud Montgomery's house because she did move to um Ontario so her house is close to where I am right now, if you go up to Bala, they have a whole Anne of Green Gables house up there. They have the actual boat from the TV miniseries, the one that she floated down the river, reciting the Lady of Shalott. It's there. I have a picture of my daughter with a little Anne of Green Gables hat on in a little Anne of Green Gables dress standing beside this boat. <laughs> Just makes me squee. Um... So, yeah, she died April 24th in 1942 in Toronto, and she was married to Ewan MacDonald. She had three children, all boys, which was funny because she hated boys. She never wanted a boy. She wanted girls. So she wanted a kindred spirit. So, yeah, she was my writing inspiration. Now, my inspiration for podcasting. Um... Well, I can't rightly say if I have um, an inspiration more so than I have um, mentors and those that I have looked to for um, style and... <clears throat> how I want to present my show and how to carry a 45 minute episode and not sound like you're reaching, um, how I want to structure my show, which <laughs> if you've ever listened to any of my shows, there really is no structure, but there's structure in the fact that there's no structure. So I would have to say my very first mentor uh, would be Mike. That's kind of who I did my very first podcast with. Um, I'd never... Okay, I will be honest. I did a podcast way back years and years and years and years and years ago. I started doing podcasts. I was trying to create podcasts for Simicorp. And it didn't really go anywhere. Um, didn't really do much. And then I kind of forgot about it, kind of lost interest in it. Talk radio never really did anything for me. <laughs> I'm more, I want to listen to music than I want to listen to people talk. So I went to bed one night shortly after I was told, I was about this time of year, I think. 
shortly after I was told that my book was going to be published and that I had to release six short stories in the World of Myth magazine as part of my contract over the next six months to build a following, I went to bed one night, had a lovely conversation with my now publisher and um, somebody who I thought was a friend. <laughs> and I went to bed, took a night to the both, both of them, and I went to bed. I woke up the next morning and discovered that I had been voluntold that I was going to do a podcast called The World of Myth Bits. And I needed to semi-audition with a list of questions that I needed to ask and could I do an audition reel and send it to my publisher, who is now going to be my producer. Okay, he sent me a script. I read said script, sent it back to him. He sends it back to me and says, could you be more bubbly? I went, no. <laughs> no, I can't. Apparently I can because I did send it back to him. I was bubblier. I was a lot bubblier. And I do believe somewhere on this computer or my one at home, I do have that original audition reel with the bubblier. It's called bubbly audition. <laughs> I do have it somewhere. So we were supposed to do a 20 minute, sorry, I'm still sleeping with the dog. And she seems to think that just because she has two more legs than I do, that she gets to take up more of the bed. Anyway, um, so we were supposed to do a 20 minute show. We were supposed to interview the member of the month and talk to them about their piece and yada, yada, yada. And we had a really hard time because of the time difference. We had a really hard time getting guests for the show. They were either busy when we were available. They weren't. We worked and it was just trying to coordinate schedules just became a nightmare. So very gradually, the show kind of got away from that 20 minute interview kind of show and ended up being the Lupa and Mike show. Dave really, really wanted the interview show. But I think if he sits and he thinks about where those where that show is now and where I am now and where my co-host is now, that if we had have kept to that 20 minute show, there would be no Jenna on the world of Mythbits. There would be no Mike on the three no's and there would be no lupa on the lupus bits. None of those shows would exist if we had have stuck to the formula that Dave originally wanted. So even though the world of myth bits was Dave's idea and he had a script for that show, a well-written script, a little outdated, but a well-written script. Even though that show didn't work out, three more shows sprung from that idea, sprung from that brainchild. 
And Mike and I went on and we did 10 episodes together. And then Mike toddled off to do other things, as Mike does. And he bailed on me and he left. And then I carried the show for another 30 episodes, 40, I don't know, 20 episodes. I carried it for a while. 50 episodes? 80? 80 episodes? Yeah, I did about 80 episodes, somewhere around there, of the World of Myth Bits. I, there's 94 Myth Bits in total, and I did, and then I went to Lupa's Bits. Um, but I, um, I started the brainchild. I started the magazine review on that show. And Jenna has taken that and just made it her own. And it's actually now one of the most popular aspects of the world of MythBits. People tune in from all over the place every month to hear Jenna's reviews of the magazine. And I outgrew the show. I outgrew it. I was going in a totally different direction. Um, so Dave created Lupus Bits for me. And it's probably one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. I was mad at him for a while. <laughs> there is a heart-wrenching episode out there where I say goodbye. There are tears. There was a lot of tears back then, though. There was a lot of tears back then. But, um, I think... If I have to take my podcast inspiration, um, I think it would be a lot of my podcast in inspiration would have to be from Dave. I mean, I will flat out admit I stole Florida Man straight from him. Scooped that right from his show. Seeing Red. He came up with that brainchild and then Seeing Red stopped doing episodes. And went, Yoink, I'm taking that. Yorp. <laughs> Totally taken that. And I ran with it for a while. Florida Man gets a little boring after a while, which is why I've kind of stopped. I'm going to go back to it. But I figured I need to give him a break. Um, but yeah, Dave has kind of been a podcasting inspiration. I've kind of gone to him for ideas. I've bounced formats off of him. Um, different things I want to try. He's like, it's your show. You do what you want to do. And he listens, he tries to listen in every week. He is my live studio audience. Um, generally, he has housekeeping for me, but, you know, shit happens. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, he has been my podcasting inspiration. So, let's see. Let's move on to another question. What would you like remembered about you what would I like remembered about me hmm. that I'm kind I would like to be remembered as kind that I was a nice person and people don't people always say oh, I don't want to be remembered as nice nice people don't get remembered I want to be remembered when somebody hears my name I want them to say oh she was such a nice person she was so very kind I want to be remembered as genuine, as supportive, um, 
yeah, I don't want to be remembered because, oh, she was wild and she was so cool. And no, I want to be remembered for real qualities, kindness, genuineness. Is that a word? I think that's a word. The fact that I can make up words. I want to be remembered for that and have you questioning going, is that really a word? I'm pretty sure that's a word. And what's the rule? Misha knows the rule. Everybody should know the rule. If you can spell it, use it in a sentence, and give it a definition, it is a real word. Even if you created it, as long as you can cover those three things, it becomes a word. Um, but I want to be remembered as a genuine, kind, open, supportive person. That's what I want to be remembered for. I don't, I mean, my work will always be there. My writing will always be there. My words will live on in eternity, as long as they're not burning down any libraries or, you know, banning any weird books or anything. Although that'd be really cool to get on a banned book list. <laughs> if I can get on a banned book list, I will have made it as a writer, okay? <laughs> Seriously, if I can get on a banned book list... That'd be so cool. Judy Bloom has been on a banned book list. Danielle Steele, Nora Roberts, Margaret Atwood has been on a banned book list. Well, of course she's on a banned book list. She wrote The Handmaid's Tale. That was... Because the thing is, as soon as somebody says that's on a banned book list, book sales for that book go through the roof. Everybody got to have that book to find out why it's on the banned book list. Why did that book get banned? I'm going to read that book. Um, becomes required reading for grade nine. George Orwell, banned book list. 1984 was banned for a long time. War of the Worlds. Um, what's that? I can never remember the name of this ridiculous book with Piggy. Lord of the Flies. That was it. Lord of the Flies. Anyway. I want to be remembered for my personality traits, my good personality traits, not for some amazing feat of whatever. All right, let's see. Now, some of these aren't, aren't you know, weird. Um, trying to find the interesting ones for you. Do I speak any other languages? Well, um... No, I speak Dave. Yes, I do speak Dave. Some days not fluently, but I, most of the time I'm, I can muddle through. <laughs> I speak Dave. Um, I can speak Pig Latin to an extent. Um, not Latin. Pig Latin. Um... I can speak enough French to get myself into trouble or to order a, a coffee. Double, 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 two cream, two sugar. <laughs> Not going to get me a coffee in the States, but they don't speak French in the States. So I'm pretty good. I'm pretty sure I'm okay. I can order. They speak Spanish in the States, so I can order a beer. Two of them. 
dos cervezas, por favor. Two beers, please. Five, five. Fifty-five. Five, five. Ten. Dos. Two. Yes, I know. I only want two. If I drink ten, I'm on the floor. Yeah, one tequila, two tequila, three tequila, four, four. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I can't. I. I. I can. I can. No, I can't speak Spanish. Nope. I did not watch enough Dora the Explorer to speak Spanish. Sorry. I can't. Where's the map? Oh, I need to get a map. Yeah, I need to get a map. I need to get an old-fashioned map. I've never gone on a road trip with my mom. We have had. The GPS in her car. We have had the Google lady on the phone and Siri. And an old-fashioned open-it-up map book. Now, this map book that she has is so old, it came out when the movie Cars first came out. Because it's Cars on the cover of this huge uh, Rand McNally Atlas Roadmap book. I need to get on my CAA app and order me a map. Because sometimes you get yourself somewhere and you want to look at an actual roadmap. Instead of like the screen of your computer, you want to open up the actual map and see, okay, is it half a finger? Is it a whole finger? Is it three fingers to get where I need to go? And usually, if it's like the tip of your finger, it's usually about an hour to two hours, maybe. It's a form of measurement. It works. So, all right, let's see what we're sitting on for time. Oh, we're jumping. We're at an hour already. Okay, so we're going to add a few more uh, questions here. So, what's my most annoying habit? My most annoying habit... Hmm. Suddenly I have my live studio audience's undivided attention. Um, I have a few annoying habits, I will admit. Uh, I, one of them, and I work very, very hard to not do it. Um, as a kid growing up in a very loud, very talkative household, you kind of had to speak over people if you wanted to be heard. And a lot of times we're talkers in the family. So once one of us would get talking, it could be hours before they would shut up long enough for you to get a word in edgewise. So you kind of had to interrupt them. So one of my annoying habits is that I tend to interrupt people sometimes. And I try really hard to not do that, but I still do it. Um, I say um a lot, <laughs> but I don't know if that's annoying. It's annoying to my, my producer, but I think he's just given up and doesn't bother taking them out anymore. <laughs> it's just doing too many of them. I don't know. You'd have to ask the people around me what my annoying habits are. What are my annoying habits? And, you know, I'm coming to visit in 11 days. So right now he's trying to think which is the best one that I could use. that's not going to get me wounded when she gets here or, you know, make her not come at all. 
My lack of, of self-confidence, I think, is an annoying habit. My insecurities, I have a lot of insecurities. I know it doesn't seem like that. I seem like I am the most self-confident, well-put-together, stable person you'll ever meet. <laughs> okay, that and I'm delusional. But, yeah, no, I, I, I bite my skin on my nails, around my nails. Um, I pick up my nail polish. I snore. I don't know if that's an annoying habit. It's not something I can stop. Um, I don't know. I don't know what my annoying habits are. You'll have to tell me. So email me what my annoying habits are. Come on. My biggest pet peeve. What is my biggest pet peeve? Oh, well. I think my biggest... Oh, I don't know. I have a couple. But I think the, the sound issues aren't really a pet peeve as they are more of a um, neurological disorder. But I don't say that as like a, a neurodivergent thing. More as a mental thing. Like it's it's a sound thing. I can't handle certain sounds. It's just it's a thing. But it's not really a pet peeve. My biggest pet peeve, don't lie to me. Don't lie to me. I don't care what it is. Don't lie to me and don't hide stuff from me. If you're, if, if you're hiding something from me because you think it's going to hurt my feelings or it's going to upset me or, you know, I might take it the wrong way or whatever. No, because I'm going to find out about it. I'm going to find out about it. Women are better than the FBI and the CIA put together at finding shit out. We will find out. Especially if you think you can hide it from us. Because we can sniff that out at 100 paces. <laughs> you got a secret? You hide something? Oh, we know. We know. We'll know. <coughs> I would much rather you tell me and I deal with whatever it is that I need to deal with regarding what you're telling me than to have you lie to me about it or have you not tell me and hide it from me and then I find out later. It does not bode well for you. Ask my children. They will tell you. It is better to come to me and say, Mom, I took $20 out of your purse and I blew it on a pack of cigarettes at the age of 13 than it is for me to find out that you stole $20 out of my purse and then find the pack of cigarettes in your room. You're still going to get punished for stealing the money from me. And you're still going to get punished for buying contraband. But it's going to be four times as worse if I find out you lied to me about it. Because I cannot tolerate a liar. Because once you lie to me, you've broken that trust. And that trust, that belief... In your word, when you say, trust me, take my word for it, would I lie to you? My first response is going to be yes. Yes, you would, because you have. And it takes me a very long time, if ever, to get over that. And there are people that I am 
as close to as you could possibly be. Family members, their blood runs through my veins. My mother has broken that trust. And I, I don't believe a lot of what she says. I have to see it and, and have it backed up with fact and verified before I will just take her at her word. Because she's lied to me. So, yeah, that has to be my biggest pet peeve. Don't lie to me. I don't care if you think it's going to hurt my feelings. You know what? It's going to hurt me a whole lot more if I find out you lied to me. Just lay it on me. I will deal. I will deal. Uh, who is the... Oh, this is... Okay, this is going to be one of the last ones. Who is the messiest person you know? And this is from... Uh, what was it? Mick... Yeah, Mick Lar. This was from Mick Lar. Hmm. Who is the messiest person you know? Well, not the person you're thinking of. The messiest person that I know would have to be, and I love her to pieces. She is the fruit of my womb. My daughter. My goodness, that child could walk through a room and not even touch anything, and she would leave a hurricane of disaster in her wake. I swear things jump off the shelves and garbage just lands on the floor at her feet. You know how some will walk through a room and it's like they leave little flowers and beautiful little daisies and grace and loveliness. No, my daughter leaves disaster, chaos, and destruction in her wake. But she's cute, and I love her. <laughs> but she is a walking disaster and is not a housekeeper or a neat person in any way, shape, or form. She is definitely the messiest person I know. And the last one, which I think is kind of funny, because I really want to know where Samantha K thinks I'm famous. But thank you, Samantha. You're you're very sweet. But her question was, and this is what we're going to end the show on, if you weren't famous, what would you be up to right now? Well, I'm not famous. Um, I, I have a small, very small modicum of notoriety. People, there's a very small group of people that know me and know my name. Um, well, it's probably actually a lot bigger than I'm giving myself credit for because I'm kind of known in a variety of places. But if I wasn't podcasting, um, I would be watching TV right now or, you know, sleeping. Um, if I wasn't an author, um, I would be leading a very... unhappy, very painful, uh, very dark existence right now. Um, my words saved me. In a nutshell, my words saved me. If I hadn't gotten my book published, if I hadn't met the people that I had met, if I had not 
gone down the road that I've gone down to put me where I am today, um, I would be in a very dark place right now. Probably highly medicated. And very likely hospitalized. So, yeah. Um, I'm kind of happy about where I am. I'm in a good place. So, thanks to those that uh, put me in the right place at the right time with the right person. So, all right, everybody. I am going to end that there. If you would like me to do another episode of... Let's ask Lupa. Uh, send your questions to lupasbits at gmail.com. That's L-U-P-A-S-B-I-T-S at gmail.com. And I will do my absolute best to remember to check that email and answer your questions. Um, next week will probably be my last episode um, in Canada for a while. And my next episode after that will be on the road, hopefully on the other side of the border. So buckle up, bitches. This is going to be fun. Um, <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, you can find me on TikTok at Lupa's Bits, the TikTok. You can find me on Facebook at Lupa's Bits, the podcast. Also on Twitter at Lupa's Bits, the podcast and Instagram at Lupa's Bits. I think it's actually Bits Lupa. Anyway, bits of me. Find me. I'm everywhere. You can find me at the World of Myth magazine. You can find me at Dark Myth Publications. I'm everywhere. Come find me. Come chat. Let's do a thing. Maybe we'll do a show together. Who knows? You could be a guest. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. Trust me. All right, everybody. I hope you all have a good week. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Wear your mask if you have to. If it makes you feel safe, don't feel obligated, and don't lick shit. And always, above all, and foremost, be kind. All right. See ya. Carry on all that you want, son. There'll be peace when you are done Lay your weary head to rest Don't you cry, Don't you cry.